you're not just a creative anymore. You are a creative entrepreneur. And that's what entrepreneurs do. They bring themselves up by building others up. Welcome back to Creative Entrepreneurship, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs looking to turn their passion into a more profitable business without sacrificing what you love. My name is Max Mueller. I'm the CEO of the Video Editing Experts. And today we got Mr. Jack Wheatley on board, of course, as always, our content producer. In today's episode, we are talking, it's a follow-up from the last episode where we talked about how to go from scratch to getting your first few clients. In this episode, we're breaking down how to go from your first few clients to turning your passion into a full-time career. And on today's episode, I'm going to be breaking down the exact steps. I have them right right here on my fancy iPad that I'm gonna be looking at here uh, to give you the exact action steps that not only you need to be using, but I've used myself. So these are battle tested, tried and true methods. And I'm not the only one, by the way, I've been working with hundreds of creative entrepreneurs and nearly everyone has used this process. So it is battle tested, it is real, it's, it's reliable. Let's dive into it. Um, it all starts with our, our, the end of our last episode. You have your first few clients, right? And when you're thinking about taking your first few clients into a full-time career, a couple of questions come into your head. Hey, maybe my first few clients, maybe I'm still working another job and I'm trying to consider pivoting into this, or maybe I'm just fresh out of college and I'm working on this and I got my first few clients, but how, how do I know if, I, if I'm ready and if I can actually turn this into a full-time career? Um, I'll tell you what you don't want to do. What you don't want to do is guess. What you don't want to do is go at it alone. Um, guessing leads to unpredictability. What, what, what's the stat, Jack? It's like 90% of businesses fail in the first five years and 95% of businesses fail in the first 10 years. A big part of that is lack of predictability, lack of direction. And entrepreneurship can be very daunting because there's so much that goes into it. Like, you know, not just the client work, but what about the finances? What about taxes? What about, do you hire someone? How does the taxes work for that? And what about the payroll? How do you find the right people to even, there's just so much that goes on. So don't guess, don't do it alone. I mean, both of those can be combined into what, what we're providing here, which is creative entrepreneurship. And I, I literally just want to give back because when I was first getting started, I was like, I got, I went to, you know, university and I got my diploma there. I even called my dad to try to bail out. But uh, I bring that up to say, like, I was basically like a YouTube degree on top of my actual college degree, meaning I want to give back because I learned so much and I sifted through the countless videos online and pulled from different people, all these different things and the videos that were getting like such tiny views, but they were valuable. And I, I, I would just want to give back. So don't go at it alone, you know, consider subscribing to this channel and consider really taking this, this episode seriously. Cause we're, we're giving you the real facts that, that successful creative entrepreneurs are using. And, um, and certainly there's people way, way bigger than me, but, um, I've, I've developed a pretty successful career now. And Jack, you're obviously a part of our team and you're a part of this path and, and let's just dive in. Let's, let's give them the nitty gritty of it. Yeah. So how do you feel? All right. They've got three clients. They're, you know, providing value, seeing some good results. When is the time to go all in? Do you think, cause you hear people say, you know, don't quit your job until mm. your side hustle exceeds, you know, all of your expenses. Right. Some people are like, just go all in and make it work. How do you, right. You'll figure it out. Just yeah. go. Yep. Like, yeah, almost, but not entirely. Like you can't just entirely go and just figure it all out on your own because that is how people fail. I mean, especially with the track record, like businesses are evolving. 
but they're not completely new. Even with AI today, you, you could argue that AI, actually my fiance Megan has had extensive experience within the AI industry and she's been doing that over the last decade. And really it's just caught in the mainstream in the last 12 months, but she's been working on it for nearly 12 years now. Um, so a lot of these things that might seem new are actually not really new. Uh, so it, it is worth doing just a little bit of digging to try to find uh, someone that maybe is paving the path and that you could even slightly get behind, even if you are trying to do something more newer. But um, but yeah, man, if, if you're looking to take this in, into a full-time career, I think a couple of quick things come to mind. Referencing our last uh, episode where we talked about Step one, two, and three. Step one was all about getting good enough. You have to get good enough, right? Try everything, get good enough. Step two, get two to three clients. Really important that you don't just get one. You got to get two to three, if not more. Step three is actually developing client stories, developing at least two client stories. And at that point, you should be feeling momentum. If you're not able to get, and you know, I say client stories, but really we should add like get two great client stories. I think that's really important for folks to consider is that you really shouldn't be considering this a full-time career unless you have at least two client stories that are really great because maybe you need to go back to step one of getting good enough and getting another client that's going to create a great case uh, client story. The reason why I say that is because otherwise, if you are just kind of scratching by, then all of a sudden things go wrong. You, you probably are just not yet good at, uh, you're, you're probably not just good enough at yet at your fulfillment, at your hard skill, whether it's, you know, for me, video editing or videography, but for someone else, it's, if that's your core skill, there are other things that you have to manage in order to run a profitable business, like the financing, like the sales, like those other skills that are secondary to your core skill. But if your core skill is actually not where it needs to be and you're trying to do those other skills too, I mean, it's just, get really good with your core skill before you go all in. Uh, and that's, by the way, that's nothing to be ashamed about. We all go through it. It's just that you might be maybe a little bit like me, you might be quite eager to take that next step and to really learn fast, but just make sure that you're also very much aware of where you are on this journey. And, and don't be, like I said in the very beginning, don't be afraid to go at it alone, or sorry, be, be afraid to go at it alone. Uh, don't go at it alone. Seriously, do not go at it alone. Try to find some type of mentor, someone who's in your space that actually understands the career path that you're going down, because that's, that's really going to allow you to take a step back and get someone else's professional point of view to understand if you are really good enough and how you can maybe make your client stories a little bit better before making it full time. And of course, the question then leads to also finances, right? Maybe you're fresh out of college, just trying to get into this job, or you're, you're working another job and you're kind of, you're considering taking this into a full time career after you've gotten a couple of gigs with a few clients, finances are, are very much important. I mean, listen, even if you're fresh out of college, I mean, unless you have your parents just kind of paying for you, then like, sweet, hey, that's cool. Like your parents worked hard at what they do to provide for you, own that, be proud of that, leverage that. I really think that's important for, for some of the listeners to consider. But if you're not that person, get your finances in check, make sure that your income is exceeding your expenses. And once that happens, then you can start to make that pivot into a full-time career. Some people will talk about how you need to have your, your, your passion career exceed the income of your other career. I, I totally disagree with that. I really don't think you need to, like, let's say that you're making, I don't know, 60K a year, right? And your goal is like, well, you know, 
Christo or whoever it is. I, I shouldn't quote Christo, but there's other guys out there that say, like, hey, all right, well, if you're making 60K, then surpass your 60K with your current passion and, then, and you know that you should switch. That, that's bullshit. Like, know your expenses on a month-to-month -month annual basis. And then what's your income? As long as you're above that income, that profit can be leveraged back into your business, especially as you're getting started as maybe a one-man show like I was. And then that type of profit will compound over itself. Invest back into the business, maybe get a little bit better equipment to provide a better client experience so that you can provide that easier faster and better, like we said in the last pod. I do think that it's important to exceed your expenses comfortably. For sure. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking about by nickels and dimes. Yeah, yeah. It, because you don't want, you know, entrepreneurship's hard enough. You right. don't want to be stressed about money while also being really stressed about getting your business started, yeah. right? You want to have like that comfortable cushion where you can have a down month, you can lose a client and it's not, the end of the world. You're not going out looking for a job. You know, you want to have that cushion of income to expense ratio. Yes. Um, so let me, let me just add yeah. to what you're saying there, because, uh, some of y'all listening to this might be thinking, well, I, I understand my monthly expenses, but what if I have clients this month or the next month, but then the following month I don't, well, obviously that could be a problem, but that again leads back to our last episode where when you are getting those clients, those two golden questions that you want to ask is like, what's a problem that you're willing to pay me for? Um, and if that problem persists, like if you need me to continue solving that, would you be able to continue paying me for it? Hey, sweet. All of a sudden you don't just get one client, you get a recurring client, which is absolutely huge, especially in the video space, graphic design space, web design, and so on and so forth. You can set up a, an initiation payment to get started with someone and then a type of recurring on a three month, six month annual basis, right? The other very important question is not just to have your not just to have your eggs in one basket of that one client, right? But have those few clients diversify your risk, uh, mitigate your risk of losing clients and losing that income by getting multiple clients, like we said in the last pod. Uh, but also make your like make your clients' experience just so damn good that they can't help but talk about you, right? Like that's what we were talking about with the be make it easier for them, make it faster for them, be just a fast communicator be a little bit faster for the results than maybe the other competitors who are also trying to serve your clients. And what if you could just make it a little bit better? Guess what they're going to do when they go, you know, meet up with their, their crew, their, their network of people. You know, if it's an attorney, they go and meet up with another attorney or they bump into each other with the cafe or, you know, maybe it's a videographer and, and your, your attorney that you've been shooting videos of goes to the cafe and the other attorney is like, oh, by the way, John, nice social media, man. Like, that has been incredible. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, I've been actually working with this local guy. His name is Max or whatever, you know, the viewer's name that you want them talking about you. Why is it because that client is just going to bring in more clients for you. So it, it really makes, you know, I saw a, a post that Gary Vee said where he was like, sales is just bad marketing. That's, that's an exaggeration, yeah. but he's going in the right direction. And if I could just kind of clear that up, I would probably say that sales becomes a lot easier, meaning getting new clients gets a lot easier when you focus on the marketing that leads into sales and you focus on the fulfillment. Like if you have killer fulfillment, people are going to talk about you. And if you have killer fulfillment and killer marketing, well, hot damn, your sales are just going to be churning. You barely have to lift a finger when it comes to it. It's like, dude, everybody's talking about you. You have an incredible website. You have an incredible social media. Like, great job. I, I just, I'm here. Like, take my money. That's literally what will happen. And, and I, I know that might sound a little outlandish or maybe even 
exaggerative, but it's, that is how business works, right? It's like, you think about your, like us, we are, we are not just producers here to provide business, but we are consumers as well. And when a new restaurant pops up in town and everyone's talking about it, and then all of a sudden you start to see their ads and they're, Hey, those are pretty good ads. Right. And everybody's talking, you're fucking going to that restaurant or gym or whatever it is. Yeah. I think another, um, concern that potential entrepreneurs might have is, okay, they've gotten two or three clients. How do they know if their offer or service is scalable past that? And how can you mitigate the risk to not learn that the hard way, right? Where if you're a videographer and you're offering travel videos, Mm. you can only travel so many times and with so many people and you can't be two places at once. How do you structure your offer and figure that out? before you get too far along. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're t- that's a great question based on fulfillment and really tripling down on fulfillment. Um, yeah, you know what? I was going to I was going to try to bring us back to marketing for a second, but I'll I'll talk about marketing here in a second because like I said, fu- if you can really dial in the fulfillment and the marketing, you're going to be in a great shape. So let's talk about fulfillment first and then we can hop yeah. to marketing. When it comes to fulfillment, first off, uh, SOPs which stand for standard operating procedure. Um, these are your ticket to being able to scale. But I know a lot of, I mean, this is creative entrepreneurship, right? This is not just entrepreneurship where you can hit a button and it's everything is black and white. There, we live in the shades of gray, especially with video editing and the whole nine yards. Uh, every, everything like us in creative, the creative world. But even, even for me, when I was first getting started, I was nervous, sick, Jack. Then I was like, dude, I, my core skill is video editing. Like, this is what I'm, I'm known for. This is what gives me pride, you know? And I was working day in and day out. I was actually like losing sleep with how I ultimately had enough clients that I was like losing sleep and just trying to fulfill for them. And it was at that time where I was like, I'm forced to get help or decrease the amount of clients that I'm working for right now. And it forced me into this position to trust someone. Now, let me be very clear. You here, here, uh, let me just tell you my story. My story was I was working late at night, forced into this position. And I was, I, I didn't want to give up clients. I was like, no, I want to keep growing my business because I felt that momentum. And I also saw the impact. I saw the smile on their faces. I was like, the next step is doing the thing that I didn't want to do, which is trusting another person for what I was known for, that core skill. And for video editing specifically, I, I did what almost everyone does. I went on to Fiverr and Upwork and I searched for literally, I, I searched high and low for the top editors and out of 100 video editors, no exaggeration, out of 100 video editors, three of them ended up being the type of uh, hitting the expectation that I was looking for. The first one, and I, I ended up setting up calls with them, which you're not technically allowed to do with Fiverr, but hey, I, I was making it happen. I was a young <laughs> buck making, you know, I was kicking down doors to make this business happen. But, um, but I ended up setting up calls with three of them. One of them didn't show up, maybe because of the Fiverr policy or whatever it was, right? The other one just simply had red flags going in, you know, like the wrong character. He was kind of rude, kind of sharp, distracted, just not on it. You know, and I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to trust this guy with my core skill. Right. And then finally, one out of literally 100 
we found the one editor that was like, there might be something here. And it is wasn't this, clear. Is this Alex? This is Alex, <laughs> who's still with us five years later, right? That's awesome. And Alex was the one person. And by the way, Alex was no knight in shining armor. He was just good enough. He was barely good enough <laughs> because I just had such high expectations and I knew that I was up here. But to bridge the gap for that person who enters the business and to get them up to your level, the very first thing is to provide an SOP, a standard operating procedure. At the very top, you have the title, how to edit a video like Alex Ramosi, right? The very first thing is this, step one. Step one all the way to step ending point, right? However many that is, that might be 50 steps. And especially for editing, there's a lot of steps that go into that. <sighs> so I ain't saying it easy, but what it is absolutely worth it. Now, of course, depending on how much money you're making, and I, I was looking at other options at the time for video editors uh, to, to end up hiring, but none of the video editing recruiters uh, which there really weren't any at all. I think there was like one and there was like these subscri subscription guys, but I didn't want that. I wanted to work with someone directly. Those, those other guys just really sucked. <laughs> and so that's when I went and I literally had to sift through a hundred applicants to find that one person. And that is so damn crucial because what if I went with the guy that caused red flags? Like what if I tried to go after the guy that didn't show up to the car? No, that, that shit won't work, right? But Alex who just barely made it by, um, and now he's absolutely phenomenal. He's one of the top leaders on our team. The, the fact that I gave in that devotion to put the time in, put the energy in, give those clear SOPs, which is the first step. And the second step is to coach them along the way. So you really got to look at your time and be like, okay, I know maybe on my next project, as I go through this next project, the best thing you do, you can do is as I'm editing the Hermosi video, right? I'm taking notes. Step one is this, got it. Step two is that, step three is that. Maybe doing a Loom, uh, Loom video, which is a screen recording uh, while I'm actually going through the whole process. It ain't gonna be pretty, it ain't gonna be perfect, but that's not the point. You want progress. And so Alex ended up watching those SOPs, then he would start to test things, and then I would coach him on those, uh, on those skills. That is when you can start to hire fulfillment on the back end that really excels. But I, I will say this, he was not our first hire. Um, I'm kind of catching myself. My first hire was actually not on one of my strengths, which was video editing. It was actually on one of my, one of my weaknesses was uh, client management. So after working with a, a, a bunch of clients, they would have all sorts of requests coming in, all sorts of revisions that they would want answered. And I actually hired my sister as my very first employee at the time. And she was basically the account manager for all of my clients. Again, what I started with was the weak point. And it was like, ah, perfect. Now that you can take all this time out of the client management and the back and forth emails and all that bullshit, <laughs> which I do think emails are bullshit, but hey, I guess they're important to an extent. Once those emails are checked off, sweet. I can just really focus on my core skill. But as you're asking is like, how can you know if, if you're a travel consultant or, or whatever the case may be, if you're looking to take your creative passion, you do need to look at that core skill and at least consider how can I make that happen? And that is finding the right talent, which ain't, ain't easy. There are recruiting businesses out there. Like we, we now place video editors inside of businesses. Um, and there's other types of recruiting, co uh, uh, companies out there. You have to provide those SOPs. You have to provide that coaching. If you're not getting them primed up from another recruiting company, which is probably what these listeners are going to have to deal with. Um, and again, this ain't easy, but it is that simple. It's go find them, sift through them, provide SOPs and coach them along the way. 
And um, I, I really do think I got lucky with Alex that he was not only good enough, but he was looking to learn. And I think that was a very, very important skill, skill set that we still look for today when we're hiring people is they know that they're good right now, but they want to be great. And they're looking for that type of leadership and that learning to, to get them to that great point. So that is how you ultimately delegate. Find them, give them the SOPs, coach them along the way, um, and really like ensure that you're providing that type of career development, um, which is a big step. And, and not a lot of creatives are good at that, but I think that's where it, you're not just a creative anymore. You are a creative entrepreneur. And that's what entrepreneurs do. They, they bring themselves up by building others up. Well, and I think, you know, one thing that you've done really well and it pays dividends in, in entrepreneurship is not messing it up from the beginning. Like looking at Alex, training that first hire like so well to the point where your next hire, he trains. Yeah. So you only have to do it once, uh, kind yeah. of. Like you want to get to the point yeah. though where you your team is then training people almost right like yeah. you're, you're almost there it's a little bit down the line yeah. right because he still needs to be great and the last thing you want to do is just be like all right well now i trained you so now you are a great leader now it's like no no no. you just train them to be highly skilled not necessarily uh uh, uh, uh not ne highly skilled at the at video editing not necessarily highly highly skilled at leadership or management which yeah. which is a totally different ball game and so the the story goes on because then alex was our editor for a while and then we start getting more and more clients because now I could diversify the projects between myself and Alex. Um, and then well, here's the problem though. Uh, we need to get more editors on board. And now here I am, I'm like, oh shit, like I'm, I'm now having to develop as a leader because I have four or five different editors working under me. And then ultimately Alex started to, he started to show a, a bit of leadership traits. And I, I kind of, poked at him a little bit to do that. I was like, you know, you've been here the longest. Let's see if you can, you know, help these other guys out. And he took that with stride. He took that with like, yeah, I, I, I want to help these other guys out. I want to, I want to see, you know, if we can really collaborate and be better here. And that is what happened. And ultimately our business continued to scale. And again, being very mindful of the finances. So now I started paying Alex, not just as an editor, but I upgraded him. Uh, what did we call him? A creative director. So then he was more of a creative director for the video editors, but that takes money. That takes money. So you really need to have your, your finances in check. And it's, it's nothing daunting. It's nothing complicated. It's just how much income are you having? How many expenses do you have given the project? And what is your profit? Can you take some of that profit and actually turn it back into investing into your business, which at the time was not just running ads or, or buying or paying for a new web design on our website. No, let's put this into a leadership position because then we can scale. Then we can take these, four or five other editors and turn them into eight more editors. And then we need a graphic designer. And then there was, you know, the list goes on, but, um, but that's it, Jack, that's really, that's really what it takes to, to get into the fulfillment. Now there's two more areas that are really important because every business has marketing sales and fulfillment. We nailed the fulfillment. And, and honestly, that's the most, that's a, that's the most, if not the second most exciting I think marketing and sales, depending on who's listening to this, might find even more excitement in marketing or sales. And by the way, I'm not talking about sales. Like I said last time, I was like, listen, this is not Wolf of Wall Street, like buy or die, sleazy sales. You High know, pressure. Oh, yeah. you're serving people, right? We're, we're taking our creative skills and, and truly helping them, which is a, a damn good feeling. Um, and when you, can, when you can create content, which is our next step here is our marketing, and then bring them into sales, 
where you can be like, yeah, like, wow, this is a new person who's interested in my work and, and my work is really coming to fruition. And now I just got them as a new client. I'm fired up. I get to help them even more and get to grow their brand or serve them in whatever creative way that our listeners are, are helping folks. So that that's, that's where fulfillment leads back into the marketing at this time. Like if I were to put myself back in the shoes of young, young Max, young Max, <laughs> looking at what I had because entrepreneurship 101 is use what you got. And at this point in your career, after you have a few clients or multiple clients, right? You have two things. You have money and you have time. And I'm not talking about a big amount of money. You don't need a big amount of money. You got money and time. And the very first thing that I did was I put my money into ads, into very simple social media ads, where all I said was, hey, are you this person that is looking for this thing solved? That's what I do. Tap the button below and I'll show you how. That's it. The simplest ad in the world. But what did we say last time, which is, hey, are you this person? How do they self-identify themselves? Like, for example, we, we work with um, a, a doctor, for example. A doctor, a doctor is technically an entrepreneur, especially when they run their own practice and they, they have their own business. But they, they're not going to walk into the room and say, I'm an entrepreneur. No, they're going to walk in and say, hi, my name is Dr. Smith. I'm a, I run my own practice here in town. I do this, right? So are you this person? It's very simple. It's, are you a doctor running your own practice here in this location, right? Boom. I'm just using the words that they say. And I know this sounds fundamental and almost elementary, but this is how humans work. And a lot of us and a lot of businesses that even come to us for marketing help, they're like, they try all the things. Are you an entrepreneur making between this amount of money and this amount of money? Or are you a successful real estate agent who's doing this? It's like, no, that's not I, a, a successful real estate agent is not going to walk into the room and say, hi, my name is Jane Smith and I'm a successful real estate agent. It's like, no. <laughs> I'm a real estate agent and I, I sell, you know, luxury houses or I sell beachfront condos, whatever the heck is, right? Are you, are you this person that needs this thing? And again, this is where you use their words from your client stories that you've developed. You know what, Max, I really just want to, I want to blow up my brand, right? They're not, they're not saying I want to create a social media campaign that really attracts my ideal clients on a consistent <laughs> basis. No, they're saying, they're saying, I want to blow up my brand. I want to be the dominant. I want to be the go-to expert. I want to be the go-to real estate agent in our town. Excellent. You grab those words. Are you, are you a real estate agent selling luxury oceanfront condos and you're looking to be the go-to real estate here in this area? Well, that's what I do. I help blank do blank. Tap the, tap the button below. I'll show you, show you how it works. I will tell you what, that ad took my business off. That ad gave me more booked calls and continue. That's an ad that we continue to run today. Now those words change because trends change and how they describe themselves, uh, the words that they use to, to describe themselves changes. But that ad is fucking gold. <laughs> Take that, write that down right now. Use that. But I will say this, how you use your money on that ad is important and start small. You don't need to be pouring hundreds or thousands of dollars into your ads, especially in the beginning. I think I had a budget of a, maybe 200 bucks when I was first getting started. And I was nervous as heck to spend that $200 because I wasn't making guru bucks, right? Any money that was coming in, I was like, oh my God, yes, it's working, right? Wait, I need to give it back out. Oh my God. I just paid for, I just paid for a new freaking 
creative director. Like, what, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? So, I mean, the point is you need to be, you need to be strategic with it. And honestly, this is not the podcast to dive into ad campaigns and how to structure your ads, but that we have, listen, I'm developing a course on that right now. And probably by the time that you listen to this, it'll be available for you. If you want to go, go through it. Um, I'll probably price it anywhere from free to a hundred bucks. Uh, it won't be expensive. I assure you that. But my point is that be smart with your money. Keep it low. Keep it small in the beginning. Track what is working. Track what's not working. Don't waste your money. Do not burn your money. And and really, if please go through the course. Like I, I'm, I'm making this content to give back in, in the best way that I can. I mean, like people spend tens of thousands of dollars. And no exaggeration, they pay us tens of thousands of dollars for this type of consulting and this coaching. And I literally just want to give it to people and say like, go use this. If you want us to do it for you, of course, that's going to cost you a pretty penny. But if, if you want to do it yourself, I will literally show you, this is, this is the yellow brick road run. <laughs> but here's the thing. This is one thing that I did run into, even though I was running successful ads, people would then book a call and they'd hop onto a call with me and they'd be like, yeah, listen, I was, I was looking at your ad, but then I, I looked at your social media and you, you don't really got much going on there. It's just like some random photos and graphics and uh, it, there's not much there, Max. And especially for me, I was like in the video world, but for any business, like your social media, your, what's on your profile matters. And there's a great quote that says, everything about you says something about you. Everything about you says something about you, especially your social media account. And so with money and time, the two things that I had, I wanted to be very strategic with my money and I wanted to be very strategic with my time. Now, a part of my time was to go back into the organic side, which just means like the posts that you can post for free on your social medias. With that said, I needed to back up my ads with more quality content so that when someone was cold watching the ad because I targeted them, right? If I'm targeting them, oh, sweet, they, they came and saw my ad. Guess what they're going to do? A lot of those people are going to click on the ad. They're not going to click on the button just yet. They're going to click on the profile and be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, who is this guy? Who is this young guy, right? Or young woman or old woman, old man. Like, hey, listen, they're just going to be skeptical anyways because customers and clients today are smarter and pickier than they have ever been in their whole lives. And the history of business. They are so damn picky because they got options and everyone's being transparent. So now it's time for you to be transparent. And that was me. I needed to be transparent. I need to show them, hey, I'm legit. I, I have enough credibility, right? Step one, I'm good enough. And I, I have these client stories. That's all you got to show there. Talked about stories. Honor those people. It's not you being the hero, by the way. Like prop up your clients as the hero that are, you know, helping people. You're just the guide. You're, you're like, you're, you know, it's kind of like, um, Star Wars is like, you're, you're not Luke Skywalker, you're Yoda. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm fucking, this is very, very serious. You're not Luke Skywalker, you're, you're Yoda. You are showing your clients how to grasp the force and, and defeat the bad guys. You're just Yoda sitting back having this like, oh, I can't even try the Yoda voice, but I'm serious. You got to like provide that as a guide, because if you are the hero, then they don't see themselves. The, the next people who are judging and looking at your content, they don't see themselves as the hero, which is a problem. They're like, oh, that guy, he's the hero. Like, let him go, you know? But, it, oh, if he's the guide, like, I'm, I, I want greatness. I've I clicked through the ad because I really resonate with what he says. I really do want to become the go-to realtor in my space or whatever, the, you know, your clients are. He can help me. Yoda can help me. 
I'm serious. It's a funny, I know it's a funny fucking metaphor, but it's true. It's true. Honor your clients, honor those who are doing well. And you don't even have to just talk about your clients. You could talk about other people doing well in the space. So if you're trying to attract realtors, like luxury realtors, and and you don't have, maybe you already created content on your current clients. First off, you could create more content on them. But of course, you could go and review Ryan Serhant, who's a top realtor out of New York City and now has a global brand. Go review and go honor those people. Show them that you have expertise as the guide, as the expert who can help people achieve that next level of greatness. So with money and time, money strategically going into ads, time strategically going into the fulfillment of your clients, as well as the organic content to prove your positioning in your marketplace. And then it's just off to the races, right? <laughs> then, then easy, so easy sailing, <laughs> right? But, but we have this one last factor and I know some people are already like max, holy shit. This is a lot of information. Like you're, you're hitting fucking everything. And I'm trying to, I want this to be a, a one and it's hard dude. Like, because listen, this is years of experience and I could go on for days. Like I, I could do a full weekend workshop on this and I probably wouldn't hit everything. So <laughs> there's no chance that I can do it here on this podcast, but I want to give like real action steps for our listeners. The next thing that comes, right? When you're crushing it with your fulfillment and all of a sudden you, you're crushing it with your marketing. You, you maybe put that money in with your ads and you put that time in and you're, you're full, full gas, no breaks at this point. And you're like, holy crap. And this is what happened to me. The fulfillment was so good that our clients are talking the town up. And, and when I mean town, I mean, you know, especially in a digital world that we live in, they're talking to people online. They're like, oh, they're sharing your profiles because you're running ads and they're sharing the ads and they're, they're running, you know, uh, like we share ads with our friends. Yeah. Same thing that's going to happen with your clients. They're going to look at your profile, be like, damn, that was a sick post. I really like how they broke down Ryan Serhan's brand. I'm going to save that for later or save it to my team, send it to my team member. All of a sudden this fulfillment and great marketing is going to lead to your sales. Dude, I fucking sucked at sales in a couple of ways. And I know some of the viewers listening are, are young Max that was so cocky. And they, I mean, this is what young Max said. Young Max said, <laughs> I feel like there should be a book called Young Max. <laughs> young Max thought he was good at sales when he didn't have any real experience. Young Max thought, oh, well, I'm going to get onto this call with this new prospect who's, you know, ultimately looking to hire me and I'm going to fucking crush it. Like, <laughs> like, here we go. And I would just come on way too cocky and they, they feel that energy. And that's not what an expert does. That's not what you don't see Yoda doing that, right? You don't see Lord of the Rings. You don't see the guy doing, and I know I'm, I'm using, it. but seriously, like that's not what experts do. They don't come in and be like, I fucking run the show, right? They're saying, Hey, listen, this is what we, you need to do. Even like Grant Cardone, right? Who's like very flashy, very, eccentric he when you when you see him on calls and like actually coaching people he dials it way back and he's like very analytical very tactical and that's how you need to be on a call but that's actually where i went wrong i flipped to the other side where i was too detailed and i provided too much information because i knew all of that information and i'll never forget the one time i was on a sales call <laughs> where i was i ultimately got to the point where the fulfillment was fully taking over i had Alex and I had the editors going, the marketing was cranking. So now all of my time was being spent on sales calls, like basically nearly all of it. And I'll never forget the day where I was on a sales call with someone. And I simply said the one line that he was looking for. And he was like, 
he, I think he called me bro. He was like, bro, like, like just call me up. bro. You just talked for 25 minutes. And that one last sentence that you just said is what I've came onto the call for. It was the one sentence that I said in my ads. It was the one sentence that I said on, you know, my website. It was the one thing that he wanted. And so when you're, when you're looking what at- What was the sentence? You have to tell us the sentence. All right, we'll tell the sentence. So the promise at the time, and this, this is like not new anymore, but when social media was really starting to kick up for business owners, the one thing that people really wanted was repurposing. They wanted to repurpose their content, shoot a long form podcast and turn it into a uh, set of, of shorter assets. Well, we call that a, a social media package. And that, that had a nice ring to it. Well, John, you know, after all of this detailed talking and how I'm gonna grow your brand and make this the easier, faster and better process, all of a sudden I get to this one line where it's like, and from this process, we were able to repurpose your content into multiple different formats in what we call a social media package. We post it across all of your platforms and your brand grows everywhere. He's like, fucking finally, <laughs> like basically, he's like, bro, finally, like that is what I came for. Like with all due respect, you need to say that way faster. And he was giving me sales tips through the sales call. That was my notion to be like, I don't know shit about sales. Like this is real, I'm way more rough around the edges than I thought I was. And that, that's cool. Listen, everyone is in the beginning, but that's the first step into improving on the process. I think we should do a whole separate podcast on sales itself uh, to not go too into the weeds with that yeah. because there are a few questions that you have to ask. Anything else is, is bonus, is complimentary. Just a, a little nugget is kind of like what we said. What is their problem? What, are, what is their ultimate goal? And have they done anything in the past? Those are three great starting questions, but there's a couple more that we will definitely dive into in a later pod. Um, but it, it just take that, run with that. Th those are the only questions that you should be really starting with. And then there's a couple more tactical things that you wanna use to, to make the process that much better and to ensure that you're actually getting the right clients on board. But um, yeah, when it comes to your fulfillment, fulfillment being dialed, your marketing being dialed to bring in all those people and everyone's talking about you, your sales is just a matter of you simply improving. Like I did, I need to learn, I need to simplify what I was doing on sales calls and not be too cocky, not be nervous either, and not be too detailed. Was, hey, I'm here, I'm casual, I'm also an expert in the space, I'm dialing in, I'm being very tactical with you. I, a lot of folks need to drop their tone on the call. But as you improve your sales, ultimately you then delegate. Just like what we did with fulfillment, it's so important to be on those sales calls so that you can learn from these people and work directly with them, ensure that you're getting the right clients on board, and then ultimately delegate that. Give that to someone else so that you can go back to your core skills, your core strengths, and that's why we started the business, right? For me, I wanted to be that creative entrepreneur, that person that could tap into my creative skills and leverage it. You will have to do the things that you don't necessarily want to do. I'm not saying that switching from your, your other job and turning a few clients into a full-time full -time career is going to be full-time happiness. No, there's, there's going to be the shit that you really don't want to do. And that's just a play, that's, that's okay. That's the way the game is played. And getting through those hard times is going to tee you up. And I'm on the other side of that hump. Jack, you know this, we have a full-blown sales team right now. I, I don't take sales calls, but I did for a long time. Literally tens of thousands for a long time. Put the work in, make it happen. The, the, the grass is greener on the other side. Don't, but again, 
don't go at it alone and and don't guess like follow follow us at the very least consider the course like and there's other people out there talking about these things like don't go at it alone don't guess amongst these things we are providing those action steps so um hopefully that doesn't sound like me being cocky and like needy for them to be here i'm just trying to give back <laughs> yeah no totally and i think that's why people are watching this right they want to learn yep cool and for those listening to the audio podcast hey what's up thanks for letting me uh jump into your ears for a little bit that kind of sounds weird hey that's all right we're gonna rock with it listen the the link cannot be shared into the show notes but you can easily find me on social media just simply look for maxwell mueller on instagram uh that's the best place pull up instagram find the link jump into the course see you there